You're listening to the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Welcome in. We are continuing on our series of top NFL draft prospects as the Texans head into combine season and draft season. They've got the number three overall pick. Whether it stays at number three, we don't know. But I figured it'd be nice to sort of cover all the top prospects and get to know them a little bit better from the perspective of the beat writers. And next up, we have edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau. He hails from Oregon. You've probably heard his name if you uh, are covering the draft at all whatsoever. He could go number one. He could go number two. He could even go number three to the Texans. And so I had a chance to catch up with Rob Mosley. He covers Oregon football for GoDucks.com. And we got the skinny on Kayvon Thibodeau because he's got a lot to offer. A team looking for a pass rusher. He's an elite athlete, and uh, we had a chance to talk more about Thibodeau, what he's like on and off the field. His sack numbers are not super flashy. Why is that? I had a chance to ask Rob that as well. And you get to know a little bit about him off the field. He's fascinating, really, really fascinating. He's got a lot of side ventures that I find very, very entertaining and intriguing. And then, of course, Rob will give us some insight on other Oregon Ducks to watch out for in the draft that are not named Kayvon Thibodeau. So it's all coming up on the, the Deep Slant podcast as we roll out the NFL draft prospects, some of the top ones in our series. But first, Texans fans, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston so you can do more of what you love. You can stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, let's not waste any time and let's get right into it. Today I'm joined by Rob Mosley. He covers Oregon football for GoDucks.com. You've also got a top-ranked Twitter handle, Rob, <laughs> at Duck Football. I mean, were you like one of the first users of Twitter to to snag that? I think I got on in like 2007. So yeah, I uh, I will tell people one of my most valuable traits is that I'm I'm uh, I take advice, and some tech guy back you know 15 years ago told me to get on Twitter, and so I just said okay, and I did, and so fortunately I uh, I jumped on that handle early. Yeah, you have an A-plus Twitter handle, at Duck Football. All right, I want to talk to you about Kayvon Thibodeau. He's widely projected to be one of the top picks in this year's draft, and he's even been projected to go number three to the Houston Texans um, with some of these mock drafts that have come out recently. What do you think his best asset is when he lines up on the field, and what might separate him from some of the other defensive players at the top of the board? Yeah, he's just incredibly athletic you know, his flexibility is top notch. So his ability to kind of bend at the waist and, and get low and, and get around the edge is, is, you know, unlike anything I've really seen before covering a, a player day to day. So yeah, just that explosiveness off the line. He's, he's just, he's, he's different. You know, this is Oregon football, you know, the last 20 years or so is, has been uh, pretty good and has put out some pretty good players, you know, Deion Jordan a few years ago, although he didn't have a, ended up having a great pro career was a, a high level prospect. And yeah, I mean, I think KT's there may not be an equal to him in terms of uh, a, a guy with that ability off the edge, that kind of explosive athleticism off the edge. I mean, he's obviously an elite pass rusher. He's good against the run. He seems to do all of it really, really well. Do you think he's better suited for a three, four or a four, three defensive end? Where do you, where do you foresee him fitting in? If you had to guess? I do know that we saw him move around a lot here and have success. I mean, he, he could play on the edge and drop back into coverage. You know, that's Tim DeRuiter, the defensive coordinator here the last couple of years, you know, really liked uh, that kind of positional flexibility he provided. 
you know, but we also saw times over the last three years where he would move inside to a tackle position. You know, I, I remember against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, he moved inside and was taking on, you know, a big 10 center and winning, winning battles at the line of scrimmage. So uh, he, he really showed at different times that he could do a little bit of everything when asked. All right. So he's obviously just such a great athlete, but his sack numbers are not super high compared to some of the other big defenders in this draft class. I mean, you've seen him play, you've seen him live. Is that a big deal or is there more to Thibodeau that just doesn't show up in the stat sheets that we're missing? Well, I mean, I, I think a couple caveats to that would be one, he demanded a lot of attention here. I mean, he was, he, you know, as any elite pass rusher in a draft class is going to be, was the best guy on their team and probably commanded some extra attention. So this probably applies to all, you know, all the high level pass rushers that are going to be in this draft class. But yeah, I mean, he was, he was definitely getting a lot of attention from, from opposing blocking schemes, uh, particularly, you know, this past year. And then the other thing is, you know, he, 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 he missed, it felt like almost half the season due to injuries um, that kept him out of parts or all of games. And so that affected his, his statistical totals too. But, you know, still a guy who was, you know, first team all league, things like that, you know, garnering still a ton of respect from, from the players he went against. He won the Morris Trophy a couple of years ago as the best defensive lineman in, the con- in our conference. And, and what's notable about that is the people who select that are opposing offensive linemen. So he definitely had the respect of his peers on the other side of the ball around our league. So, you know, statistics obviously can, can help tell a story, but, but obviously not a complete story. And so, yeah, I, I think one notable thing about him, too, is if you look at his postseason performances, I mentioned the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin a couple of years ago. If you look at his his output in uh, the couple of uh, in the in the Pac-12 championship games he did play in his first couple of years. I mean, it was like a couple sacks a game in those Pac-12 championship games. So he had the ability to when the lights were shining brightest to be at his best. Along those lines, I mean, is there a particular game or a play or a matchup that really stands out to you in covering Thibodeau? I think it's really that. I think it's that when, you know, when you look at, you know, the fourth quarter against Utah when he was a freshman in the, in the conference championship game and then the Rose Bowl that year. If you look at the conference championship game against USC in 2020, those were his best moments. I mean, those, those are the moments he shined the brightest. And so to sit, to, to have a guy who, when you're going against the best competition on the biggest stages, have those be your most noteworthy performances. I think that says something about, you know, just, just his ability to play under pressure and to come through for his team, you know, when they need him. He seems like he's really flourished at every, every level of football he's ever played, high school, college. What's an instance of adversity you think that he's had to overcome and, and face and, and that you really thought he came out well on the other end of it? Well, I think, I mean, if you look at the injuries he had to play through this past year and, and you know, in not being able to play in the Ohio State game and, and how much that must have dogged him. And that's, you know, he's a guy who, you know, once this team lost at Stanford last year, you know, he's a guy who might have said, hey, you know, I, I got a I got a bright future ahead of me. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm 100 percent before I get back on the field. And that wasn't the case. You know, it was, you know, tape up his ankle and get back on the field as soon as he could so he could help his team. So, you know, I thought I thought, you know, that revealed some character there that a guy who obviously has such a promising future and, you know, probably had some questions about how much do I want to lay it on the line at this level, knowing the next level's out there. He did it. He, you know, he, he went to battle with his teammates. So I thought that that was impressive. I'm so intrigued intrigued by some of his, the stuff I've read about him personally. It seems like he's really business-minded. Yeah. He has a collaboration with Nike. He launched his own cryptocurrency. What's, what's he like to cover off the field? What's his personality like? Give us a little insight into him. 
Yeah, he's just he's just a, a guy with a sense for the big picture and a sense for where being an elite, what the other doors that being an elite athlete can open up. And so, you know, when he when he you know, when he was first choosing a college, he was interested in media. And so a big part of coming to Oregon was the journalism school here and how that might that might help him. And I think when you see how savvy he is, how polished he is in, in media settings and interview situations, it's because he's been preparing himself to handle those situations well through his education. And when you see, you know, him getting into like NFTs and things like that, you know, now it seems like everybody's doing that. But, you know, he was one of the first, you know, in partnering with Tinker Hatfield, the, the Nike designer, to, to have an NFT. So I think he just he's a guy who and, and for some people, I think that makes it seem like he's distracted. He's not, you know, may, perhaps not as focused as some other players. But again, you look at his performances in big games, you know, he, you know, he comes through for his team. So he, I think he makes some other sacrifices in his life, socially, things like that, so that he can be ready on the football field, but then also indulge these other interests that, yeah, just make him a really worldly guy, a really polished guy, really poised guy. I always say, you know, covering college kids is such an interesting age cohort because I use the word kids and and, and some guys show up here and they're still very much kids. And some guys show up here and they're very much already young adults. And and KT was in the latter category. When he got here, he had a presence about him, a poise, a maturity about him that, that, you know, this is a guy who has, has a level of focus and a level of direction that some other guys are still trying to find when they get to college. It seems like that might be an asset to him and going through the combine and the draft process, just meeting with teams and getting these interviews. The fact that, like you said, that he is so poised and polished, would it not? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, hey, there's there's some football guys for whom if you're thinking about anything but football at any point in your day, you're wasting your time. Right. And so I can you know, I can understand how, you know, I'm not saying I agree with this point of view, but I can understand some of the coverage I've seen that says, oh, yeah, he, you know, we, we question his drive or whatever. But I, I just because that's a football mentality. If you're not 100 percent focused on football all the time, there must be something you know questionable about you. But he, if you turn on the, the tape, if you turn on the film, you see him come through play after play after play. And you see the attention he commands again from, from opposing offenses in terms of the way they, you know, their blocking schemes uh, direct attention to him. So he's getting it done on the field. And because he also has other interests in his life, I really hope does not be considered a, a knock against him in any way. All right. Looking forward to it. Rob, give us some other Oregon Ducks, maybe a name or two that we should be looking out for in this draft process besides Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you stay on the defensive side of the ball, Mikel Wright is a cornerback who is a really, really elite player. And another guy who maybe statistically doesn't jump off the page, again, because of the respect that he was paid. You know, that happens with corners a lot, right? Um, particularly if you're an elite corner in college, you know, the guy across from you might get picked on a little bit uh, because, you know, there's just no reason to throw at you. And he's another guy, too, who against USC in the conference championship game a couple of years ago came up big when the, when the lights were brightest. And then a guy we're really proud of is Verone McKinley, who's a safety who, you know, I think athletically, you know, might not jump off immediately, jump off film tape, whatever the way KT or, or Michael Wright does. But a guy who's just really, really cerebral, another guy with a really good head on his shoulders, just a maturity, a poise, you know, leadership abilities. Um, so Verone McKinley on the back end at safety is a guy who who I think, um, you know, if a team if a team takes a chance on him with a pick. Um, they're going to like what he brings to their locker room. All right. Well, thank you so much for prepping us for the NFL draft process with some Oregon uh, scouting picks. Uh, It's Rob Mosley. He covers 
Oregon football for goducks.com. And you can follow him at his A plus Twitter handle, duck <laughs> at duck football. Congrats on getting uh, such a great Twitter handle. And we look forward to seeing your work uh, here throughout the draft process, Rob. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was good talking to you. Thank you very much. All right. I'm very impressed that he came up with his own cryptocurrency before crypto was really even a thing and uh, the Nike collaboration. So I feel like if I'm reading into this at all, he's probably got a pretty good sense of fashion. But you know what? These Oregon Ducks, they they all have great collabs with Nike. I remember talking to Farrell Brown a few years ago. He did something very similar. So if you go to Oregon, you get hooked up with Nike. And you know what? It's not a bad gig to have. So curious to see where Kayvon Thibodeau goes in the NFL draft. Will he go to the Texans? Will he go somewhere else? I don't know. But you know what? If he doesn't, we've got more in this series, so you'll just have to keep listening. We're going to roll out more players. We've got Kyle Hamilton, safety. We've got an offensive tackle from Alabama, which you've probably heard of, Evan Neal, and uh, more coming up in the next few days, in the next few weeks, as we lead up to the NFL Combine. And then, of course, after the Combine, we'll have uh, we'll continue the series, but then we'll have a little bit more data on them. I love hearing from these players at the Combine and getting our first look at them and seeing what they're about as they answer media questions, as they run the 40, as they do their bench press. It's kind of cool to get to see them uh, one-on-one and lay our eyes on them. I'm really just so thrilled that the NFL Combine is back. It's actually one of my most favorite things to cover, especially when the Texans have a very high pick. So, you know what? Silver lining, if you have a bad season, but you have a high draft pick, then the NFL draft and the combine become super-duper interesting, especially when you've got first and second-round picks back again. So super excited about that. You're going to have to stay tuned for all the coverage from the NFL combine. We'll have it, of course, on HoustonTexans.com, Texans360, and Texans All Access. It's underway, season number 11, every night, 6 to 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 610. And that's going to do it for our podcast. Stay tuned, keep listening, and as always, go Texans.